Welcome to Pastor Talk. This is Pastor Tim. I'm here with Pastor Nathan. We're excited to be here today. And thank you for joining us wherever you're watching us from. But you can't watch it, but you can listen. So I misspoke there. So Nathan, how are you doing today? I feel like I cannot wait to share our thoughts on what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So why, why even delay any further? Let's get right into this. Yeah. So today we want to talk to you about the critical spirit. Have you heard of the spirit, Nathan? Have you ever experienced it? No, I don't. No? Please okay. educate me on what a critical spirit is. All right. Well, a critical spirit is not hard to recognize. It's definitely not a fruit of the spirit. Hmm. It's a Which... whole different spirit completely. And it is a critical spirit, meaning it is a complaining spirit. It always sees the glass, glass half empty. There's unmet expectations. It tries to tear down instead of building up. And it's very judgmental. Maybe now you've uh, experienced that once or twice, I'm sure. Okay, yeah, it's coming a little more fresh to my head. I, I, I want to flush out this concept, though, that you're bringing before me. As I think about Jesus, and I think about his interaction with the religious, with his own disciples, with uh, Gentiles, with sinners. Um, did he ever use this spirit? What do you, do you, can you think of a verse where Jesus used the complaining spirit to help somebody change for the better? No. I guess, I guess I'm just at a loss for words, Tim. That can't happen. <laughs> it's the first, first time for everything. How is it then that we, as Christ imitators, Christ followers, seem to fall into a place of a critical spirit? And it's important we have discernment, but it's very different between discerning uh, falsehood, discerning uh, other people, discerning maybe a teaching, and then having a critical spirit towards them. And a great analogy for me is when someone preaches a 40-minute sermon, and the only thing you can remember is that that person misquoted a verse. Mm -hmm. And so, you bring that up to them, and you say, uh, excuse me, uh, it was actually uh, Psalm 24, 5, and not Psalm 24, 15. Thank you. And uh, the pastor's like, really, is that all you got out of me speaking for 40 minutes was the fact that I misspoke one verse and so that whenever that happens we're just flabbergasted because it's like wow you know i really put my heart into this sermon there's a lot of great content and that's what people have to realize is that pastors are humans we will misspeak we will get things wrong and it's not that we don't welcome correction but just do it in a loving way do it in a way where hey i i want to know more about this i want you to expand upon this concept i think it was great i loved these these things and i would like to learn more about this other thing that i'm not super aware of yeah, I, I, I've had people over the years definitely come up and say, hey, just a heads up, you quoted this and um, love what you said. Uh, I know you've got a couple more uh, sermons to preach today. Just give you a heads up. And I love that. That's thank you. Yep, you're right. I miss that. Appreciate that. I, I want that kind of feedback. Um, it's wonderful. I think the, again, it's the spirit it comes in. When you look at Jesus uh, correcting his disciples, Right, because they make mistakes constantly, they misspeak constantly. Um, there is a kindness to him into redirecting them to the point of his ministry, the point of why he has selected them. And he is wanting them to overcome the childish things of the world. He's wanting them to overcome the immature things, such as not liking somebody in the group for their background, right? 
as we see played out in Peter and Matthew, mm-hmm. um, James and John, the sons of thunder, um, wanting to call fire down upon those who would curse Jesus' name and what he's doing. And Jesus is uh, rebuking the action and yet never losing fruit of the Spirit. And I think that is the answer to the critical spirit. If you want to post something online or you want to address something to a fellow Christian, either in person or over the phone or through an email, you got to stop and say to yourself, is this going to be in line with the fruit of the spirit? Right. Is this gentle? Is this kind? Is this peaceful? This is joyful. Will this bring about health to our relationship? Or is it going to bring about doubt in the person? Is it going to bring about frustration? Do I have a relationship with this person Mm. to come and bring this correction or this error or this critique of what it is they're doing wrong, at least as I perceive it? And that to me is probably the most telling uh, facet for somebody to to self-assess, is this a critical spirit or is this a fruit of the spirit? Lord knows I've had my share of people come to me in a fruit of the spirit and share something that is a discipline, a rebuke, um, correction, any of those things. And I'm telling you, when it comes in the fruit of the spirit, there is sweetness to it. It's the only way I can explain it. It's like biting Mm -hmm. into an apple or an orange that's perfectly ripe and this there's just a sweetness to it versus biting into one that isn't ripe and it's just bitter it's not what you'd expect and i think uh i don't know maybe in the next few minutes here we talk about how how do you discern which is which and how if you look back over the last year of your life between posts emails and conversations regarding things of a religious nature regarding things of a uh, spiritual nature in your home and in those in your community. Do you address things that you disagree with from the fruit of the spirit or from a critical spirit? Mm-hmm. When I think of the critical spirit, I think of its truth only without love. And the truth, there's a famous quote, the truth becomes hard if it's not softened by love and love becomes soft if it's not strengthened by truth. And so we need both. So you might be bringing up something that is, quote, true, at least according to the way you see it. But like Nathan said, if you don't have a seat at the table of their life, it's going to come across as just being judgmental that they're not ready to receive it. And so a fruit of the spirit is self-control. Maybe you need to have self-control to not say it. Maybe it's not the right time. Maybe you need to take that person out to coffee and get to know their story a little bit more before you start to bring correction. Are you even in a position to bring correction? Is that even your quote role in their life? Do they, maybe they're being discipled by somebody else. Maybe you just need to love them and share your heart behind behind it or behind a different issue completely, regardless of what the issue is, we have to make sure we're uh, addressing this with love first and then bring the truth and correction. And you can't do that on social media. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with that, I want to say there are so many times in what you just said where somebody will say, well, I do love the person. This is me loving them. Mm -hmm. I love them. And so, you know, well, now you've used the Trump card. Well, I am, loving them. I do love, that's why I'm willing to bring them truth. It's out of love. And what I can tell you is this, is nine out of 10 times, and yes, I'll go all the way up to 90%, Mm -hmm. that if the Lord shows you something 
in somebody that is a critique that you feel is from the Lord, you've prayed on it, you've read scripture, you've asked him, continue to bring it before God on their behalf. Mm -hmm. Pray. For mm. them. I've heard, I've done this so many times. My father just recently shared a story with our staff in the last few months about uh, somebody that he was really thinking he needed to bring something up with and then ended up getting together with him and he had prayed about it for a month and by the time he was ready to say something or thought he was supposed to that person came to him and said brought an apology mm. said this is something i've seen in myself he didn't even need to say anything <laughs> so often just prayer going before the lord trusting that god is big enough that he knows enough about that about that child of his that you interceding for them and praying on their behalf will bring about goodness in their life. Yeah. And guess what? You never had to come and bring this critique, especially if it maybe even wasn't your position to do so. Right. Right. And so that's a big one. I think that's a big one, especially for marriage. We have probably our spouses. It, our spouse is the, receives the brunt of our critical spirit. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we sort of lose any filter with our spouse. Right. We're so close with them. And uh, I think that would be a big one for us as men is to bring whatever concern, whatever critique you have of your spouse, husbands, and to bring it before the Lord diligently. Not like I did pray for it. I prayed for it for a week or two weeks. Pray for it until God brings release. Pray for it until you see God's Holy Spirit change them and see what happens. Yeah. Maybe there's more health there. Maybe there's more... Uh, growth in your spouse by just going before the Lord and loving them by lifting them up before God. Yeah. And that filter is so important. We've all probably been in the position where you hit reply to an email and you just share your, you know, all of your thoughts in one moment on that email. And then you stop and before you hit send, hopefully you reanalyze it, you read through, read through it again. Maybe you have someone else read it. Maybe you take a break, like you're saying, and just in you know in that instance pray or just don't send that email let yourself cool off for a bit and then come back to it and you may not even send that email again or it might be completely different than how you started and i think the critical spirit comes out without a filter a lot of times we see something online and then okay i have to comment about this people need to hear the truth people need to hear what i have to say and no like we're not that important like we we put ourselves on this pedestal where we have all the answers we're going to set things right and some of the worst places to be online are in christian groups like there's a a, a men's christian group on facebook that i'm a part of and it's some of the most horrible posts in the comments of men that are supposed to be uh, spurring each other on as iron sharpens iron, iron, and yet most of the time it's just very critical of one belief or another. You messed up when you tried to say iron there. You said iron. Iron. I just wanted to be critical of that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of no filter. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so let's look at this biblically. When we see verses where Paul tells us, well, it's our job to judge the church, but not to judge the world, right? Mm. And I have heard that said so many times and used so many times as to why I made a blog or a post or a video or why I'm speaking it out against this church, this pastor, this teacher, whatever, is because it is my job to make the church know that there is this wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you and I were talking about is, well, now how do I reconcile that against Jesus' own words, which was, if they're not against us, then they're for us. Do not stop them from preaching the word. Right. Right. And so, this, this comes down to understanding 
Paul's words. So we take Jesus' words, that is the law of first mention, and Jesus' words coming before Paul's words. Uh, law of first mention is if they're not against us, they're for us, so leave them be. Mm-hmm. Paul's words are coming in to a local church, right? Right. In Ephesians. And they're speaking directly to a problem that is going on. And he is saying, if this happens in your church, church leaders, it is your job to remove this member. It is your job to bring discipline as leaders of the church to members of your church. Yeah. Now, I'm sure Paul did not foresee the kind of communication and levels of communication that we would have 2,000 years later, mm-hmm. but that law still applies to what? The leaders of the church bringing that kind of correction. Yeah. Not you as a church member heard a great sermon, read four different books from some of the great Christian authors, and now you're going to go on and you're going to bash the mega church pastors in America. You're going to bash this guy and this guy, and you're going to let the world know how evil these guys are mm-hmm. because now you're disobeying Christ. Yeah. I mean, reconcile that. Reconcile the fact you're disobeying Christ when he said, leave them be. If they're not against us, they're for us. And uh, allow those who God has put in their life mm-hmm. to bring correction. Yeah, right. Paul, Paul never told the church of Corinth to go tell the church at Ephesus about all this stuff. It was for that church he was writing to, and it's very important to you know maintain that integrity of the the house that we're in, the leadership that we're in, and it's okay to bring it to leadership, but good leadership will always tell you to go bring it to the brother or sister yourself um, and then see if we can figure this out, if there is a disagreement, if there is a problem, or they might tell you just, you know, Pray for them. Be a part of the solution. There's so many people that come and say, hey, this is a problem in the church, but are not willing to actually step in and be a part of the solution. You know, uh, I saw this horrible checklist online of all these things that people look at at a church and it was used as like, oh, have discernment about this church. But when I saw it, all I saw was a critical spirit. When I walk into this church, it better have these 15 things checked off. If one is not checked off, then I might leave the church. And I heard, I saw, actually saw a good comment on this online where someone's like, well, if one of those boxes is not checked maybe you're supposed to be the person to go help the church Mm -hmm. uh, help with that check mark you know and that's the way we have to look is that you know there is sure there is a time to leave a church but i think too often because we have such uh, a wide variety of churches around us it becomes just well i'll just go to another one that will give me what i want instead of i have gifts and talents that god can use how can i be of service to the local body where god has placed me yeah and in that same vein that same idea that we talked about earlier of earning the relationship is still at play. Mm-hmm. So God may have brought you to that church to fix that one checkbox, but it may be a year or two before you have a position to speak yeah. and a position where you can speak out of joy, peace, love, patience, kindness, right? Where you can actually then bring change to it. So are you going to invest that year or two in that place? Mm-hmm. Are you going to humble yourself, submit yourself to that leadership in that place? in hopes that the entire time you were laying your life and your your ministry ambitions for this church, yeah. this body, before God. Right. Are you willing to do that? Yeah. So often it's, well, I'm the guy to fix it, so I'll give them a month, <laughs> two months, six months max, and I'll mm-hmm. make sure that over the, those six months I'm talking to them continually and reminding <laughs> them of this check mark that isn't fixed. And when we apply that same type of rationale to a family that would never work out yeah could you imagine coming with that same jackbox to your family and looking at your kids and your spouse and saying well you're missing these and i'm going to get these fixed i've got about two months and i've tried yeah yeah see it doesn't work you have and god bless you you're a saint um 
But that was an early part of my marriage. I learned the hard way. Yeah, thank goodness you got over that. <laughs> but I do want to bring up Ephesians 4. Uh, Paul's talking to the church at Ephesus. I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. I love that. Eager to maintain unity. That's above all else that you're doing. That is what, that's what's driving you. Yeah. Yeah. Be eager to maintain unity. Don't be so eager to bring correction, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you said bearing with you there. And that just reminded me mm. of today's sponsor, Behringer. Behringer Tools. Why not? Behringer. That's a guarantee. I'm wearing my Behringer shirt today. You can yep. get it. They've allowed us to put it on our website, actually, lifepointazstore.com. It's a tri-blend. It might be the best shirt I've ever worn, at least until they come up with quad blend. Yeah. Tri-blend is where it's at. And you know what? If anyone's going to come up with quad blend, it's Behringer. That's a promise. Guaranteed. For a lifetime. So, back to unity uh, and the critical spirit. I think that too often it's so easy to look at what everyone else is doing wrong, but it's a lot harder to look internally. Mm-hmm. at where I can improve, at the sin that's hiding in my life. And that's why when we hear a good message, we tend to nudge our spouse or look at someone else and be like, I wish they could hear this instead of what is it doing in my heart, in my soul. And critical spirit oftentimes is just deflection. Yeah. And so, we have to look internally. We have to examine ourselves. And uh, David prayed, you know, create in me a clean heart, O God, uh, renew a right spirit with me. And uh, I think that's our prayer too. We have to say, God, you know, what is in me that is not pleasing to you? How can I be of, of, of use in your body to help build the unity of the spirit in love? That's right. And what I've come to realize is uh, over the summer, I always try to go and spend time at other churches as I take time off to get perspective. It's so healthy for a pastor who spends every Sunday of uh, every other Sunday of the year at his place, his home to go and see what, a, what it's like to go and be a guest again, right? Mm-hmm. It gives yeah. you that refresher of, uh, I'm a guest here at this place. And one of the things that the Lord has taught me over the years as a pastor is wherever I place you on that Sunday or Wednesday night or whenever it is we go, that message is for you. Mm. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's one you've heard a thousand times. I don't care if it's one that fits right for your congregation. I don't care if it's one that you're like, oh, yes, amen, that's perfect for these people. They need that. God says, I placed you there, Mm. and I want you to learn from that. And that, for me, was big this summer. We went to a couple churches. One of them, I had that immediate sort of critique as I walk in, and my prayer as Christy is taking the kids to the children's area is, oh, God, forgive me. Mm. How quick it could pop up. And I said, no, teach me today, Lord. Mm. And the Lord, wonderful, wonderful what he did and how it affected me for the rest of my time up there and how grateful I was. And then it brings such deep gratitude to the people there that maybe at first you were critiquing because you, I didn't like this or I didn't like that. But the fact is now all I have is gratitude that these men and women were faithful to bring a word of the Lord that because I submitted my heart to God, not to the, you know, the way the church was doing things being appropriate to me, the Lord used it and moved mightily on me. Mm, that's good. Yeah. And where, wherever you're getting the word of God, use it. That's going back to reflection. And I, for me personally, I would say I've been delivered from a critical spirit that I had in my early life, you know, in my early twenties, I grew up where it's just constant 
critical of whatever message I'm hearing. And I can tell you coming out of it, and I'm not perfect, and I'm trying to continually, you know, listen with open ears, know what I believe, but also not judge, you know, in, in a quick manner. Uh, but I can tell you from the early days of having that critical spirit, there's a lack of peace when you go to church. Mm-hmm. You don't have that peace of, okay, God, I'm here. I'm humbling myself like, like you did at the other church to say, what do you have for me today? And God can speak in a, a wide variety of ways, not just the sermon. It could be the worship. It could be a hug in the lobby. It could be just a random thing that, that falls in your head that he puts there. And, and so just being open to God and what he has to say to us, knowing that he's always looking for every opportunity and, and it might come in in a form you know, I've heard a lot online that God uses broken crayons to write straight lines. And, and that's kind of a funny quote, but also, you know, there might be a, a, another sermon you hear or a quote. I love quoting things on Twitter and, you know, I'll quote people and people are like, well, why'd you quote that person? It's like, cause I like the quote. I don't have to, if I quote somebody, that doesn't mean that I, I stand by their whole history of everything they've ever said and every book they've ever written and Amen. every sermon they've ever published. I can like that quote. Because that quote has truth in it. And truth can come in a variety of sources because all truth is God's truth. Yep. That's good. That's exactly right. And I think on that note, um, as we end this time of pastor talk, is self-reflection. As we've both just admitted, a critical spirit isn't something that is just for those who attend a church and you know work in the, in the, in the job place. It's for us pastors. Yeah. We, we, I mean, above many maybe uh most even who attended church we're having to fight a critical spirit constantly because the enemy knows that the best way for him to drive a wedge in the christian community where we live is for us to be critical of the other pastors for us to be critical of our congregants for us to be critical of each other yeah and so um it is something that is at the top of the mind for us constantly and it's an area where if we see a critical spirit in each other we have permission in each other's lives to say, hey, like, be a little bit more bold, be a little bit more uh, direct with each other and say, hey, man, that I just I hear what you're saying, but that doesn't sound like a fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Sounds like a critical spirit. And um, that's why we love men's groups, women's groups, because you get close enough with those people mm-hmm. that if you start to hear that from somebody in your group, you should be able to have the boldness there. There you are following a biblical example to say, hey. I think you have a critical spirit, brother or sister. Awesome. Well, on that note, thanks for joining us on Pastor Talk. Let us know what you thought of the discussion. Any uh, experiences with the critical spirit you've had in your past, let us know in the comments. And once again, we have been supported by Behringer. And you can go to the website in the comments as well and check out the great selection that Behringer has to offer from transmission fluid to lanyards to light switches. They have it all. Lifetime promise. Lifetime promise guaranteed. 